What's up? Welcome back. Happy to see your smiling faces. For all the people that want to be here and play better golf, this is your spot. I am your guy. I teach golf all day long. That's all I do. That's all I've really ever done. This podcast is dedicated to bringing you some of the hard lessons I get to learn in the trenches, helping people with their golf game every day. Decisions. They impact your golf score. They more than you think. I think more than you think. I think a lot of people hit poor golf shots and they get really upset, but I think a lot of people think about hitting better golf shots when that's fun and meaningful, but also the decisions that lead to big scores are something that you can, you're in the command seat, you're in the, you're driving, you're shifting gears, you're, you're that person making those decisions. And that's what makes golf cool. Golf is you versus you and your decisions lead to your score, leads to your handicap, leads to your success or lack of success in your golf rounds. So how you make your decisions will impact your golf scores. Often, often I see people that get their chipper out, whatever that is, sandwich, gap wedge, pitching wedge, and they try to do something fancy like that. They flop it. They use a ton of wrist hinge. They do all these little things that make the swing more complicated than it needs to be. Your basic stock everyday chipping motion should be so simple you cannot get yourself in trouble. You should have 100% confidence that you can chip the ball onto the green most of the time. And uh, don't let me oversimplify this and think it's not meaningful. It's so meaningful. Do you double chip? Do you triple chip? How often does that happen to you? What is your chipping proximity? Are you confidently chipping it within six feet of the hole? What's going on here? Are you, how are you delivering? Are you getting up and down? How often? These are things that can lower scores. And a lot of your score happens close to the hole. Scoring happens close to the hole. You're chipping, you're putting, your wedge game largely reflect how you score the golf ball. Drive it with an opportunity to hit at the green and then from there, it's hit the green or miss the green and then it's chipping and putting. Putting will always be roughly 50% or slightly less than that of your golf score. Unless you're shooting really, really high scores. 40% is a safer number. Anyway, make better chipping decisions. And what that means for most of you is don't try to do something fancy with the golf ball. Hit a stock chip that will get you on the green. You don't need to hit it high and let it fly. You don't need to hit the Flopadopolis. You don't need to do the fancy thing. You don't need to open the blade, get the ball on the green, let it hit it halfway to the hole, let it roll the other half of the way. Don't complicate your club selection. I find all the time people should hit eight iron, should hit nine iron, should hit seven iron, should hit pitching wedge. You should hit the same club most of the time. So for most of you, the, the most logical thing is a sandwich that's 54, 56 degrees, something like that. You could also chip with a gap wedge, that would be fine. I would discourage you from making it your lob wedge. Lob wedge, I just see, leads to um, more inconsistencies for amateur golfers. Grab your 54, 56, become a master of one shot, which basically means straight arms, little wrist hinge, weight forward, hit the ground in front of the ball, use the bounce of the club, slide it along the ground, don't dig it, and become a master of one shot and then expand on your shot selection after that. And that one golf shot can carry you through most of golf. I promise you that. 90 to 95% of your chipping situations don't require you to do something fancy. So don't do it. Just hit the stock chip that's gonna get you close and maybe be okay with six or 10 feet instead of incurring the risk of blading it or fatting it or hitting it over the green. Like that stuff just adds up. It adds up a lot. And uh, if we were trying to trim the fat off our scorecard, snip, snip, this is low hanging fruit. Aim point. This is something I've had to personally work on these last few years. 
Most people just aim at pins. Most people aim at the center of the fairway. We want to aim at the target that gives us the best odds of success. So for example, we got to kind of play the hole in reverse, but let's say the pin is on the left side of the green. It's a dogleg right or a dogleg left to a left hand pin. So ideally we want to be on the right side of the fairway hitting to a pin that's on the left side of the green. So we're not aiming down the middle of the fairway, we're aiming slightly to the right because ideally we're slightly to the right, giving ourselves the advantage to hit to a pin that's on the left. Now some of you are gonna think about that and think, well, I'm just lucky to hit the ball, why should I be picking a small spot to aim at? When the fact of the matter is, all of these habits build up over time to create your golf game. So whether you hit a good or bad right now, it doesn't really matter. We're trying to create good habits, processes, and systems that will carry you through to make, to get you a good golf game over the course of time. If you're making poor decisions now, it's likely you're gonna be making poor decisions later. Wherever you're at in your learning curve, work on your decision-making. The better your decisions are, the more that compounds as you grow and mature with the game of golf. And the more comfortable and confident you get at making those decisions when the time arises, it's, uh, it's something that can really add up. Play the hole in reverse. If we know where the pin is, that gives us a huge advantage. Being able to craftfully work our way to the pin is amazing. If there's trouble on one side, avoid that. Don't aim down the middle, aim away from trouble. And if you hit it well, you're in the fairway. And if you miss, you're not in trouble. Think about that stuff. And don't always take dead aim at the pin. Typically, you should be taking dead aim at the center of the green. Depending on how far you are from the hole or how you're hitting it that day, that could vary your decision making. For example, if you're 110 yards away from the hole, pin is kind of tucked on one side, but you're hitting it well, like go ahead and take dead aim. But if you're 110 yards from the hole, pin's tucked on one side, and you're not hitting it that good that day, play to the middle of the green and be happy with it. I see players all the time hit the middle of the green and they're like slumping their shoulders like, ah, I don't know that I hit it that well. More greens equal lower golf scores. Write that somewhere you can see it every day. Hitting more greens equals lower golf scores, so hit as many greens as possible. And for most of us, that means aiming at the middle of the green, which... I, I'm, I'm your poster child. I've had to aim more at the center of the green more often. I shouldn't say I had to, I've learned to. And because of that, I hit more greens and my scoring consistency has really shrunk. I don't have as much of the big scores because I'm aiming at targets that aren't getting me in trouble. Three putts. Let me ask you this question and I want you to kind of answer it. And if you're watching on YouTube, answer in the comments before you get to the end of this podcast. Do three putts come from poor aim or poor distance control. Think about that for a second. I'll, I'll play that little tune. Do three putts come from poor aim or poor direction? Poor aim or poor distance? Are you more likely to miss a putt six feet right or six feet left or six feet long or six feet short? I will tell you the majority of you are more likely to miss a putt six feet long or six feet short. So three foot, three putts often come from players that have poor distance control and their distance control gets them in trouble. They're eight feet short, eight feet long, and the next thing you know, they're three putting because not eight feet right or eight feet left, they're eight feet short or eight feet long. You're unlikely to miss three feet right or three feet left. Like most people side to side is better than they give themselves credit for, but their distance control can be poor. And the other thing on the backside of that that I will say is that when you're practicing putting, you should finish with hitting some two to three footers. Two to three footers are the putts we're supposed to make. And if we take advantage of the putts we're supposed to make, we're going to three putt less. Your recipe for not three putting is developing your distance control and then 
after your distance control, it's really getting good at the putts we're supposed to make, which are your two footers, your three footers, your four footers. That's a real key differentiator between the wannabe good and the good. The guys and gals on tour versus the guys and gals on uh, the mini beer tour, weekend tour. All right, three putting, can't have it. Not that often. Maybe once or twice around, depending on what your handicap goals are. You need to three putt less often to shoot better scores more often. Anyway, you guys, no matter what, keep working hard in the name of what's important to you. Golf is a long game, not a short game. So what that means is we want to be stacking skills over time. Do the little things that add up to the big things and eventually you will have that trending handicap towards the direction you want to be. Do the little stuff every day that adds up. And um, I'll leave this thing a review. Share it with a friend. Subscribe on the YouTube channel. That stuff helps more than you know. It means a lot to me. And uh, we're going to keep pumping these out every single week for you. If you have ideas, stuff you want to hear, learn more about, let me know what you don't know. And I will catch you back here same time, same place next week.